Hello, and welcome to today's podcast. I'm Colin Nesla, and I'm here today with Tadeo Gasparetto. Hello, everyone. And Carlos Gomez. Hola, hola, hola. Tadeo, can you tell us a little bit about today's paper? Absolutely. Well, the paper today, it's called Examining uh, Intercollegiate Athletic Department Employees' Workplace Behaviors Using Latent Profile Analysis. It has four authors, Elizabeth Taylor from Tampa University, Rosemary Ward from Miami University, Matt Hum from University of Cincinnati, and Lindsay Darwin from Sunny Cortland University. Well, the paper is nice. They start making this point saying that the intercollegiate athletics provide a kind of unique setting for inspecting these concepts, work and family related concepts. And they say that there are about 1,100 national college athletic associations in the U.S. They mentioned that this is one of the largest sport industry in the world. Each of these NCAA has about 100 employees, sometimes even more. So this is a proper setting for testing this kind of thing. And they did a very good job explaining the previous literature, the previous research on this topic, saying that people that work face extreme pressure to win, heavy travel schedules, conflicts between work and family, and many occurrences of work additions and burnout, the relationship and the roles of mother and father as head coach. So really the literature review that I provide is, I mean, although it's not long, is extremely informative and very nice. So the aim of this research was somehow identify profiles among these employees considering these workplace behaviors. So they focus in the social role theory, so how individuals carry out gender roles when engaging special social roles, and saying that looking at women working in male-dominated industry, that is usually this case, and saying that the Latin profile is somehow a useful way to find non-obvious grouping. So that's why they try to identify through this particular aspect. So what they want is take a look in profiles, these conflicts between work and family, family working, and whether the presence or the occurrence of burnouts, work addition, and work engagement in the relationship between all these factors. So Carlos, I guess, can you tell us how did they do this? Yes, it is a timely topic, isn't it? I don't know about your circles, guys, but labor conditions and working conditions now are a huge topic within my circle. Everyone is talking about how to deal with family tasks that everyone has to, one way or another, carry out, and the job that also pretty much everyone I know has to deal with. And it is a timely topic also now, home office, all this stuff. And they focus on sports and this athletic department as Tadeo already mentioned. They also focus on the US. I think this is also perhaps that we should mention because these results of this family work relationship may show different results if we would to look at a different country, different culture. So the authors do something that we have seen before, um, but they do it in a very systematic way. And I think this allows them to generalize a little bit more and to draw some interesting conclusions. So they already talked about what they are trying to do. Basically, they rely on an online questionnaire about working conditions. And then they try to analyze the results 
and make these clusters to see if there are some demographic groups that share these results. If the level of working condition is similar for men or women, or for these that have children or do not have children, and they try to find these groups that mice some of these working conditions. The questionnaire has different scales, but before describing all this, I would like to also mention two points that I think are valuable. The authors get approval from institutional review board at one of the universities. So this is something that not all the time is included, and I think it's nice to read about it. And they also do something interesting. They run a pilot test with 250 employees in their sample to see if the questionnaire works as they thought they would, and if there is not any problem. After this pilot test, then they contact the entire sample. The entire sample includes full-time athletic department staff members in the NCAA in all divisions, one, two, and three. And we might be thinking that they include yeah, typically coaches or physical trainers or stuff like this, but they also include all type of employees, also these that deal with marketing, also these that deal with the um, education needs of the student athlete and so on. So they actually the sample is quite wide. Carlos, I read this section as well. And can I ask you to mention one thing in particular, because I thought this was so impressive. You already said that 250 people in the pilot study. Can you tell us how many in the end were participating in the survey? Because for me, we have done surveys before. This was really an impressive number. This is really impressive. So they sent out more than 33,000 emails, but they have a response rate of 14%. This means that they actually have 4,672 employees in their sample. So this is, to me, one of the strengths of this paper. They are really able to tell something about the working conditions of these people because they do have a lot of them, right? Most of these are white employees and most of them also heterosexual. And perhaps more related to their question, 55% are male and 42% of the people in the sample have children. I think this is important for the implications of the study. They have a quite balanced sample in these two key items. And then I already mentioned that the survey includes four different tests. I will tell you now what the tests are. These are some inventories that were previously used to actually assess work-family relationships, conflict, work addiction, burnout, and work engagement. These inventories are based on Likert scale questions, and the complete survey actually has 81 items. But from these 81 items, the authors only use 47 for this study. I don't know if they plan to use the rest of the items for a different study, but for this specific study that we are talking about, they only use 47 items, which already is a lot. Yeah, these 47 items or questions are divided into these four different tests that they are trying to investigate. One is the work family and family work conflict test. And in the Likert scale question, I want to give you some examples. So for this test, the questions typically include things like, things I want to do at home do not get done because of the demands my job puts on me. And then the participants have to answer from one to five how much they agree or disagree with this question. Regarding work addiction, they focus on compulsive tendencies. Then the people in the sample have to answer also in the four-point liquor type scale. I stay busy and keep many irons in the fire. And then they have to agree or disagree with this statement. 
regarding the burnout. They also have similar questions, look at the scale. Does your work frustrate you? How often do you feel tired? In my case, all the time. <laughs> no, I'm joking. And the last of the tests, the work engagement, is yeah, typically questions that would assess how much you basically like your job and I engage with your job. Things like, when I wake up in the morning, I feel like going to work. Also, I feel this all the time. This is the complete survey that they have. Cornell, do you want to tell us now a little bit about the results? Sure, I can do that. First, I'm a bit amazed that you're the one who's tired because I'm the one who has four kids. But okay, that's something unrelated here. But uh, if you're in my position and if you're male and if you have kids, then basically they find out that you're in the worst possible position, something that they might not have expected. Um, I try to explain the results as good as I can, but as they have these, there are really many different results, I'm going to focus on a few. And the first one is that the worst work-life and life-work conflict, so the worse it gets, this is typically for men. So if you're a man and your performance decreases with the worst, if the work-life and life-work conflict gets worse. Did I explain this correctly? I hope so. It is a bit difficult, but suppose you're in my situation, okay? Suppose you have kids and you're working and your work has an influence on your family life and the other way around as well. So your family life, because you have kids, has negative influence on your work. And this is worse for men than it is for women. So basically, this is one of the main results that they have. Cornel, just planned this wonderful. And I have here one comment that I was wondering when I read this paper. I don't know if it fits or not, but I mean, questioners are always self-reported. And I was wondering myself, can it be that men, we complain always a lot more about these things than women do? Because it will fit the stereotype. We are typically not used to do this. And perhaps it takes us more effort to do this stuff. And then we complain more. This is something that I came to my mind right away when I read the results. And I think it's interesting at least to discuss it. I think it's uh, really interesting to discuss it. But there was one thing in it that goes a little bit against what you're saying, because they find that burnout is slightly higher for women. So, you know, maybe men are complaining more but in the end, it's women who are more likely to suffer from the burnout. And then again, which is bad news for me, is that the highest level of burnout are associated with work-family and family-work conflict. So, And this is even worse for situations when you have kids. So if you have children, they lead to the highest work-family conflict levels. So there was one thing in there that was a bit interesting for me from a personal perspective, they ask the people or they categorize them into people who, let's say, live in a family and then family with kids. And I would like to see if there are differences between having one or two kids because it might make the work family situation even worse for you if you have more kids. That's just my perspective, but I think this could be interesting for future research. I think it's a very interesting paper. Also, different working environments might lead to different results as well. These athletic departments, they have different characteristics. They have their own idiosyncrasy. And yeah, who knows if we could replicate the study somewhere else in a different type of company, we would get uh, similar results or not. But Carlos and Tadeo, do you think you might see a difference for people who work in NCAA 1 level and NCAA 3 level? Because I could imagine that they are more relaxed in the lowest level regarding work 
life balance. I don't know. What do you think? Especially if you are a head coach, I can imagine in some of these positions, you have to deal with a lot of pressure. So dealing with this work-family conflict could be even more difficult. My guess is yeah, in, in some of these positions at the departments, you would find the difference between one, two, and three. I mean, I'm not so familiar with those divisions, so for me, it's really hard to talk about, but I would be really interested in seeing difference, like cross-country differences. I guess all family stuff can be very different from one place to another, and such findings, if can be not extrapolated, but tried something similar worldwide would be really, really nice to see. I agree. This cross-country difference is one of the things I would like to see the most. Cornel, Tadeo, thank you very much. This is everything for today's podcast. Thank you for listening to the weekly sports piece. Stay tuned.